Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. This program is sponsored by Triad Veterans League with the Association of BNN Media. This is WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station, and like I say all the time, the greatest community radio station right here, folks. We're going to be talking about a lot of things today, you know, dealing with our veterans and our community and news from City Hall. And uh, we just want to talk. We just want to talk. We just hopefully that you'll get something that you're interested in. And one of the things that we want to talk about is the uh, decision by the, the mayor of the city of Boston to have a reparation recommendation committee. I said reparation recommendation committee because the committee is just going to do a finding and then the battle starts. What is reparation? What is it? What is it? It's a word. It's a very strong word, a very powerful word. Uh, When people start thinking about making restitutions to black people who came from freedom and ended up being chattel, slaves captured in the United States of America, and they worked and toiled and died for over 300 years. And because of their status as slaves, they were not paid anything in which to build this country. I mean, they picked cotton, they picked tobacco, they picked sugar cane, they built the Capitol, Washington, uh, Chicago. You know, they did a lot of things as a captured people. And when the Civil War came about, um, you know, uh, it's supposed to have ended slavery, but it didn't. And that's why we fight today. And one of the battles is reparation. Now, you hear a lot of people say, well, you know, that was then, this is now, we don't owe you nothing. But they are living off the harvest of slavery today. They did a study at Brown University in Rhode Island that ascertained that, uh, yeah, there's a linkage that they had discovered of some of these large corporations. And by the way, Harvard Harvard had slaves. Harvard University had slaves. And so some of those corporate people, uh, without me naming them, uh, tried to make amends, and that's where all this philanthropy comes from. It's really the dividends from our sweat, our blood, our toil in building this country. Imagine being a captured person and for the sake of conversation being a slave and not being able to read. And if you read, that was a violation. If you could write That was another violation. They wanted to make sure that you could not make any advancement using education or the disciplines that involved in education, reading and writing. There lies a great misfortune for black people. Even though they did the sweat labor, hard labor, no medical care, no anything. And you wouldn't let them learn how to read, and you didn't let them learn how to write, so they never had a so-called manifest destiny. In other words, that they could never be anything but slaves. Think about that now. They did that for over 300 years. They took the African diaspora and brought millions of people 
to the Western Hemisphere, took away their language, took away their religion, took away everything that would make them a people, and forced them into a way of life that subjugated them to all kinds of horrors. If you tried to escape, you could lose your life. You could face the last. You might even have something cut off, and you won't have but one leg. It was brutal. It was more than mental anguish. And now, the mayor of Boston has appointed some folks to form a committee with attorney Joseph Feaster as the chairperson to examine reparation and how it fits into giving justice to the descendants of the people that came to the United States of America back in the 1600s. So here we are now in the 21st century. It's 500 years, so we got, well, let's say for the sake of discussion, I notice I didn't say for the sake of argument, for the sake of discussion, that's 400 years of working and not getting paid, and let's say you were making $500 a week from picking cotton. And you had 200 slaves. And you were paying them $500 a week for picking cotton. 500 times 200 comes out to about what? 10, 50,000? Huh? And then you multiply. This is called quantitative reasoning, by the way. I took this when I was a student at UMass Boston. Quantitative reasoning will show you some real big figures when you multiply that 50,000 times 52. And then you add the 100 slaves to that. And then you add the years that they did that. And tell me how much you come out with. It would be like the gross national product of some countries, their budget. And they did that for over 300 years. Wow. By the way, this is WBCLP 102.9 FM Boston. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League in association with BNN Media. My name is Haywood Fennell, and I'm a veteran. And we're going to take a little break back now and come right back, okay? The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit. They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater, looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www.oscarmichaudrep.tripod.com. What I want to say here is that the other page radio is not a a radio program for complaints. We're just trying to bring it to you so you know what's going on. There's nothing better than an informed listening audience, and that's what we do. We inform you of what's going on in the community, and we're going to talk about some sad things, and we're going to talk about some glad things, and we're going to talk about our people. I just want to start off and congratulate the veterans and friends uh, committee who are involved in the park directly across the street from Boston Police Station, Station 2, and the uh, re- renovating, if that's the right word, or the redesigning of that park so that the statue of General Edward O. Gordine can be installed sometime this spring. Now, we don't have a date for that statue to go up, but let me tell you what that statue represents. That statue represents the black history of American veterans. It is an acknowledgement of their struggle and their fighting for this country 
all the way back to 1776 when Crispus Attucks was the first casualty of the American Revolution, a black man in downtown Boston. I know you knew that, but a lot of people don't know that. And so we're going to use that statue to remind the community of the significance and the importance of people knowing what the contributions of black African-American veterans have been to this country. General Edward O. Gordine was the first brigadier general in the National Guard in Massachusetts. He was also a graduate of Harvard Law School and went on, served in the military, won a silver medal in World War II in the Olympics, came back, was a judge, the first black Superior Court judge in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. He was a great man, but his greatness does not outshadow the military contributions of black veterans, male and female. And this is what we have to do because it doesn't seem as though people are willing or in a hurry to correct the overlooks when it comes to black veterans and their contributions to this country. I am a veteran. And I advocate for veterans whenever and wherever I can. We need to be about building the correct history because people can write all they want, but they didn't feel the rejection that black soldiers felt when they went to England and the people from our country, our white counterparts, some of them were telling the British that our black brothers had tails. I mean, it was so ostracizing, the things that they would say about the people that some of them later would be in the same foxhole. If we're going to talk about somebody, let's talk good about a person. Let's talk about all the work that black veterans have done. They didn't want to give them guns. They didn't want to give them uniforms. World War I is a good example of black soldiers of Harlem Hell raisers coming out of Harlem and going to France and fighting for France's freedom and coming back to this country and facing all kind of racism. And by the way, the French called them the men of Bronx. They fought with gallop, bravery, died a lot of them. We still fight for our freedom, folks. Be right back. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. If you got any kind of health issues, the number at the Jamaica Plain VA Hospital is 617-232-9500. 617-232-9500. Also, um, February the 25th at the Floridian Hall in Dorchester, I don't know the exact location in terms of its address, it's the uh, Black Veterans Brunch, breakfast brunch. Black Veterans Breakfast Brunch. Uh, sponsored by the city of Boston. I believe that Commissioner Robert Santiago for the Veterans Services for Boston is hosting this event. And this is when all the veterans come and they sit down and they eat and they have a few speakers and uh, a lot of pat on the backs and Everybody's doing good. Most of those people have jobs working for the city or the government in a governmental agency that might deal with veterans. And uh, I'll be there, but I'll be there collecting signatures. I plan to be there to collect signatures for our petition for a commemorative stamp series uh, 
to be printed by the United States Postal Service using the pictures from our Black Veterans Calendar. And that's on February the 25th, and we're going to need other signatures because we plan to go to Washington during November, maybe around uh, Veterans Day, to present to the appropriate officials at the United States Postal Service the petition uh, for approval of this United States commemorated veterans uh, series of images on a stamp. Wow. You know, you see um, uh, famous people, pictures on stamps. Uh, You see um, Winnie Pooh and, and animals that are on television. They're on stamps. Yeah, they got them on stamps. So I'm hoping that you'll be there on the 25th of February to sign our petition. We're also on change.org. We want to thank those folks for getting that up there on our behalf for Tried Veterans League to, you know, just let people know that our history is not a mystery and that veterans are an overlooked and underused community resource, but we are trying to make a difference in getting people to appreciate the valor, the gallantry that our veterans, again, both men and women, did for this country. They didn't even want to give us guns, folks. They said that we couldn't shoot, that we were cowards. Well, what about the the, the awards and the Medal of Honors that we were given for our gallantry, for our dying. And they still didn't give them all out. They didn't give them all out. And the Obama administration gave out some, but they was late giving them out. They did acknowledge the Tuskegee Airmen, great bunch of guys flying all over Europe, dropping bombs, shooting down German airplanes without them taking a lot of casualties. They came back to America, and guess what? They couldn't get no job working in no airport, driving, being a pilot. We always got to struggle. But let's not struggle as individuals. Let's become a fist instead of a finger. I got to go back and salute uh, Attorney Joseph Feaster again for him accepting the post of chairman for the planned disparities and the restitution, restoration uh, of our rights, giving us some type of acknowledgement, whether it's resource, money, I don't know, Reparation is a that's a big that's a big word. That's a big word. And we haven't heard enough of it, but we will. We're gonna hear from Brother Joe, I know that. This is WBCALP one oh two point nine FM Boston, Haywood Fennell, veteran talking to you. We just wanna make sure that you understand that we care about our veterans. And we care about you. Potential is everywhere. It's in every child and every community. Big Brothers Big Sisters of Eastern Massachusetts works to transform communities by empowering, defending, and igniting the potential of youth across Eastern Massachusetts, ensuring every child has the support from caring adults that they need for healthy development and success in life. Big Brothers Big Sisters fosters one-to-one mentoring relationships between child and adult helping the youth in our communities achieve their fullest potential. But at any given moment, there are hundreds of children in our region in need of a caring adult role model. Do you have what it takes to become a defender of potential? You can learn more at massbaybigs.org. The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit 
They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater. Looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www.oscarmichellerep.tripod.com. I want to update that website for you folks. The website for the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program is omtc.com. omtc.com, Oscar Michelle Theater Company, dot com. Learn about what we are doing in the community because it's very important that we understand that theater arts is culture and it is about cultural enrichment that is a variable in community development. We do reading, we do scripts, we do writing, we do history at the Oscar Michaud Family Theater Program and we're really grateful to be uh, in our 25th year. No joke. I mean, we have had a production for the last 25 years go up, including during the pandemic time. We did Zoom performances. We are serious about what we do. And if you're serious about wanting to learn about theater, on Thursday evenings at the Blackstone Community Center in the South End, located at 50 West Brookline Street. We are there on Thursday nights, which is tomorrow, 6.30, and on Saturdays at 12.30. We are there. We are there to teach, to reach, and to empower those that are involved, we develop talent. We help improve talent. We use our history formats to use as our performing material. We also are involved in the collaboration, an active collaboration with Stages Center of the Arts, Stages Cultural Center, if you will. And they are going to be doing some stuff. And when I hear you again or you hear me again uh, next week, I will have the date for you to see them perform at Quincy High School celebrating their Black History Month. Stages, T-S-T-A-J-E-Z. Founder is Sophia Caldwell Hayes, or Sophia Hayes Caldwell. But she is a beautiful lady. She has taken these young people, some of them, and have assisted in them getting scholarships. And that's a great thing for a community-based culture center to do. We don't have enough of it. And for your information, uh, the Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program will begin to do beneficial performances for people like uh, sickle cell, you know, uh, cancer research. We're going to do that. We're going to make some donations when we perform because we are that good. The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit. They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater, looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www oscarmichellerep.tripod.com Yeah, this is a program that a lady was telling me about, a friend of mine. She gave me a brochure and I saw it in my car and I says, what better place than to talk about Get Lit. G-E-T-L-I-T. And I'm holding a brochure in my hand, and it says, Win Kids Book Band Dash D Club. Ignite Your Light, Read, Write. Sounds kind of poetic, huh? 
Ignite your light. Read, write. And people think that literacy is not important. I said some people, not all people. You know, all people don't do nothing together. They just sit around and wait for somebody to come and do something, and then they say, what happened? But when you read and when you write, you're in the game. You can say some things. Beyond that, you can do some things. So on February the 22nd at the Nubian Square branch of the Boston Public Library, starting at 3 p.m., there's an event to kick off Get Lit program. And it's going to be something because I'm involved. They're interviewing me. Valerie Stevens is coming. In case you don't know who Valerie Stevens is, she is one of the most talented women in the arts. Not only does she sing, acts, performs, She's a storyteller. She's a griot. Go back to the old words, the old term. She's a griot. G-R-I-O-T. And that's what she is so good at. We're looking forward to February the 22nd, starting at 3 p.m., when Alda Marsha from the Witherspoon Project comes in and presents this program and there will be a press conference immediately after the, the event. And the other person that's noted on this brochure is an author by the name of Candelaria Silva. Oh, for correction, the Witherspoon Institute is uh, fabulous. It's fabulous. Also went down to the UN a few years ago with the support of the community and the Haitian population in Boston to present the need for human rights for Haitian people. You know, not just in Haiti. I got a thing now between the Dominicans and the Haitians, and the Dominicans are trying to get the Haitians out of this place called. Hispanola, send them back into Haiti. But yet, we're here in Boston, and we're supposed to be loving each other, and we find out a few miles away, some thousand miles away, that there's no love there for those people, that they are sending people back to Haiti. And Haiti is in a crisis, too. My goodness, there's crisis everywhere. I want to take this time, you know, just to let you all know that at Hibernian Hall, 164 Dudley Street located, Hibernian Hall, you know, they've been there a little while. That building used to be uh, the Sullivan Building, you know, Leon Sullivan. He was a, a leader out of Philadelphia with a workforce development program, and that building was... Uh, occupied solely by him and his organization, and then he left. Uh, I don't know what happened, and the building became dilapidated, and, you know, all kind of things were going on in there around drugs and stuff, right next door to the firehouse on Dudley Street. But it's not like that anymore. They have state-of-the-art lighting system, they have a play that starts tonight, February the 8th. A Langston, I mean, August Wilson play. You know August Wilson out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wrote the piano player and 
Jim of the Ocean, and he wrote 10 plays. August Wilson did that. Many of them won prizes, and uh, Denzel Washington, it's my understanding, he bought the entire uh, 10 plays, and one of them is on Broadway now, and his son is playing in one of those August Wilson plays. And what what I'm looking at, right, is that I was riding down the street and I saw Hibernian's Hall advertising on the marquee Seven Guitars by August Wilson. And I said, what? Got August Wilson coming to Roxbury. Hey, all right, okay. And folks... You know, when we have venues, we're able to perform for our people. We don't need to go downtown. We don't need to go on Huntington Avenue because Huntington Avenue is mostly where August Wilson plays are performed. Huntington Theater, uh, he he did a play over at the Mass College of the Arts. Joe Turnington, Come and Gone. You know, they did a thing by... Like some other thing about Ma Rainey. He wrote 10 plays. And they were well received all over the world. Out of Pittsburgh, August Wilson played the seven guitars will start tonight at Halbertian Hall. And I don't have the number, but the name of the place is Halbertian Hall. 164 Dudley Street. I'm going to try to make that play. I'm going to try to support that play because we need to be more supportive of our culture and the writers that we have. We have so many beautiful writers. We have so many beautiful actors. I could think of Jackie Parker. She is the creme de la creme of stage acting. My play, The Harlem Renaissance Revisited with a Gospel Flavor, Unto This House by Alder Marshall, and one by retired Judge Milton Wright. The name escapes me, but y'all know Judge Wright, Betty Wright's, the former Betty Wright's brother, singer, writer, and producer, former judge. Helped a lot of people when he was working for the public defenders, and then he became a judge, and he wasn't always gullible to some of the police reports and uh, gave people breaks, including myself. Didn't send me to jail as the probation officer was trying to get him to do. He said, no, he's doing too much in the community. And that judge today is working with kids over at Elliott Street Church on Humboldt Ave. It's called the Butterfly Project. He's also a principal in Black Nativity for scores of years. Milton Wright, Jr. This is The Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. And we want you to know that we care about you. But more importantly, we care about our veterans. The Oscar Micheaux Family Theater Program is a Boston nonprofit. They hope to teach the importance of community service through the art of theater, looking to establish a year-round community-based family theater organization with full theater productions by people from the community. For more information, you can visit www oscarmichellerep.tripod.com You know, I'm back again now, so uh, like I said earlier, we're not a really complaint program. You know, we don't want to just bring out what needs to be said and hope that you can internalize and figure out how we can respond to some of the issues that we have in our community. To wit, I want to talk a little bit about the Blackstone Community Center 
where our theater program has been involved for quite some time. The Blackstone Community Center is adjacent to the Blackstone Elementary School in the South End. The Blackstone Community Center is located at 50 West Brooklyn Street. The Blackstone Community Center has swimming pool, has an exercise room. Equipment was supplied by Boston University. It was staged. They have rooms. They have space. They had a program for people where English was a second language to study. They even had a GED program one time at the Blackstone Community Center. I was on the community board, which is no longer active. And now I'm told that the school has problems with furnishing a custodian to work in the Blackstone Community Center on Saturday because school is closed and obviously uh, it has something to do with the budget. But we've been there for over 10 years using the stage and that whole community center. And now all of a sudden, it's a problem. The swimming pool and the swimming team are no longer there. The exercise room for our elders and all the other programs are no longer available. The kids from Cathedral High come there to practice basketball. The sound of families using the Blackstone Community Center is gone. Watching the people come through the other street, Brookline Avenue, to the door of the Blackstone Community Center, that site is out, gone. No more. The young people that live in the community that come to the Blackstone Community Center on Saturday, they don't come anymore. Okay, look, let me just tell you something. The Blackstone Community Center sits in one of the most dangerous places in the city of Boston, in the South End. Guns, violence, drugs, all of those things are there. High unemployment, parents that don't read or are involved in their community send their kids to the Blackstone because it's a safe place. And now, and now, with guns everywhere, people getting shot on purpose or by accident, we're closing the Blackstone Center on Saturdays. Closing the Blackstone Center on Saturdays. It's not a good thing to do. Nor is closing the Tillamity School in Roxbury and Elliott Square a good thing to do. What about the leadership? I don't know. All I'm doing is bringing a message to you that you're needed. You're needed to stop the madness when it comes to closing the facilities that benefit our children and our elders. The Blackstone Community Center is located at 50 West Brookline Street. The Blackstone School is adjacent to the center. If anything, open up the Blackstone on Sundays as well. Because crime doesn't take a vacation. We have our young people to look out for, and when you take away a facility such as Brookline, I mean the Blackstone on Brookline Street, you're putting yourself, shaping yourself up for a bad, bad, bad situation. I mean that. Blackstone Community Center should not be closed on Saturdays and should also open seven days a week. 
because crime is seven days a week. At least get the kids off the street on Saturday. Give them some other choices, some other options. At the Blackstone, they got a big swimming pool. Other people come in and use it, and they're not even youth. People want to have gay pride meetings for gay pride celebrations and festivities. They use the auditorium at the Blackstone. Where are their voices? Who do we speak to? You just can't lay down because somebody says lay down. We got to stand up because we want to stand up because we want change. We want positive change. We want inclusion. Not exclusion, inclusion. WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. My name is Hayward Fennell, and this is Boston's community radio station. And I'm happy to be here today talking to you all. You know, I know that I wasn't able to talk the other day when that hawk came out there. Some degrees and stuff went down to minus. I'm just glad I had me some shoes that didn't have a hole in the sole. Because it was, woo! It was cold out there, folks. It was real cold out there. And a lot of people were out in it and wouldn't come in. They wouldn't come in, folks. You know, and, and that brings me to a point. I don't know if you've been over to the Jamaica Plain VA Hospital lately, but a lot of changes in terms of how they serve our veterans are going, is going on. And one of the things that I think we need to really be mindful of is the importance of veteran services being in place for veterans and their families. We're not doing that. The back of Jamaica Plain, 10 Huntington Avenue, the back of the building is... You know, they park cars and they drive through and everything. But they have a, a quarantine hut. You know, that's one of those buildings that you just put up temporarily. But this this particular building looks like it's going to be there permanently. I'm talking about the detox facility in the back of the hospital. I don't think there's enough room to really address the substance abuse population because a lot of them try to self-medicate themselves with uh, adverse uh, findings that a lot of overdoses is happening, especially with this fentanyl stuff. I don't know what that is, but I know it's killing people. Why not? Why not stop the redesigning? of the VA hospital in Jamaica Plain and really put some places and spaces available for services for our veterans. Why not do that? They stand along the wall and you ask them if they're a veteran and you know they're a veteran and they'll tell you no because they don't trust the government. Our elected officials, I believe, I believe, see veterans as political pawns because we're in the United States of America. We live in Boston. There's no reason for our veterans to be homeless. None at all. Politicians come in abundance. And those that want to be elected, don't, don't, don't let me leave them out. You know, with all the fancy plans and all of that stuff. And when they get elected, you don't hear from them. Veterans, we don't hear from these elected officials with these promises that never come about. We deserve to have a comprehensive veteran center in Roxbury with housing included. 
We deserve to have our discharges updated so that we can get the benefits that we were denied based on discrimination and how we were discharged and how we were assigned to different places. They said this. They said that systemic racism had caused a lot of veterans to be displaced. That means they got bad bad discharges. Until it was decided by the American Medical Association that substance abuse, meaning heroin injection and dependency on other drugs, was a clinical situation, a medical situation, not to be punished. So they had to go back, and they had to, meaning the government, began to see people in a different perspective, that they weren't just addicts. They were addicts that could be treated. They could be treated and able to regain the momentum of rebuilding their lives and their families. If we don't stand by our veterans today, tomorrow may be too late. This is the time to really examine the moral obligation of our community members, and especially, and especially those that are veterans but don't participate in veterans' activities and helping our veterans get on their feet, and it's a lot of them. They got education from the GI Bill. Some of them went even further and got advanced degrees and a couple of PhDs, but they don't speak out. Speak up, nor stand up for correction and helping our veterans get back where they belong. This is the Other Page Radio. My name is Hayward Fennell, and I'm just glad to be here today. You know, I don't want to seem like I'm just pro-veteran. I'm just, uh, yeah, (laughs) pro-veteran. Excuse me, sometimes I get to talking and I forget what I'm about to say, but I'm not going to forget the veterans. Not ever. They have gone through so much, and we have got nothing. I'm looking last night at the uh, State of the Union, and I see our elected officials all dressed up and decked out, smiling and everything, you know, but they forgot about the veterans over there in Mass and Cash and other places and other spaces. You know, or some want to commit suicide, some do commit suicide. Ideations of suicide is all the time. Let's get together. Let's change the paradigm. Let's change the direction about veterans' care. We can do that. A lot of people have veterans in their family, and a veteran hasn't been able to tell them about the atrocities that they saw in those other countries. I remember the picture of the little girl in Vietnam, and she had been sprayed with napalm. This little girl, she was running down the street with her hands in the air, and she was crying and everything. And then a few years later, I saw her picture and she didn't look the same. You know, she had plastic surgery and skin and all that. She looked real good. But that's not the case with a lot of veterans today at home. They don't look that good. You should have seen me almost 30 years ago. I didn't look like I look now. I didn't feel like I feel now. And how I feel is that veterans deserve to be treated better than they're being treated. That's why you got to be supportive of the General Edward O. Gordine African American Memorial Park coming up. You got to support that because it's very important 
to know the history of the sacrifices made. We got people still in graves over in Europe. Got a whole bunch of them right here in the United States. So I want you to understand that. While this is a station, it's more than a radio station. It is a beacon, a beacon, a light for veterans and their families. 617-232-9500. She make a plane. VA Hospital. The Commission of Veteran Services for the City of Boston is listed online. Robert Santiago. The Secretary of Veterans Affairs for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is Cheryl Poppy. 600 Washington Street, Boston. 857 That's me. 857 Whatever I can do, I'm there. Now, we're going to be doing some things, but again, I want to remind you of the Get Lit program that's jumping off on February the 22nd at 3 p.m. But I'm also invited to speak here at the uh, Central Office for Elder Services on Washington Street, uh, across the street from the Boston Public School uh, building. At 11 o'clock, I'll be speaking there to the seniors and elders about black history. No, our history is not a mystery. We just don't uh, tell it ourselves. We let somebody else do that. And that's where the problem comes from. I accept responsibility. I, I'm responsible in, when, I, when I'm on the station. I, I, I'm sticking with the truth. I'm not fabricating anything. We can do better. We must do better. Nobody's coming to save us. We must save ourselves. Thank you so very much, folks, for being a part of our show today. We're looking forward to hearing from you or hearing from you uh, next week. God bless you. Have a great day and take care. Thank you.